0: Landmine Radio, Landmine Radio, high energy, no filter, oh yeah.
1: This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Guido's Pizza. Located on International Airport Road in Anchorage, Guido's has been serving the best pizza, pasta, sandwiches, and more since 1984. Guido's is open daily for dine-in service from 11 a.m. to midnight, and they do takeout and delivery until 2 a.m. Whether I'm dining in a Guido's or ordering for delivery, the hardest part for me is always choosing what to get, because they have so many amazing items on their menu. If you're looking for a quick bite or want to order food for a big party, Guido's is the place to go. Tell them Jeff from the landmine sent you. Okay, back here in studio in Anchorage with Fairbanks representative Will Stapp. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, Jeff. How are you? Pretty good. Second time on the podcast. First
0: time was in Juneau. It was in Juneau, and now we're in Anchorage, and that means ultimately you actually have to come to Fairbanks and do a podcast. You know, I have
1: a I have a plan to do that. I got a lot of friends up there and a lot of people up there. I actually want to. So my plan was to come up there at some point and spend like three or four days and do a little setup, like in a you know somebody's house or like a hotel room or somewhere. I could get like a bunch of Fairbanks type because there's a lot of good people up there. For, yeah.
0: When's the last time you went up there? I think um, I remember something you. I was read up there in the a, summer. Okay, yeah, but for this stuff, I, I remember you riding one of Pete Kelly's motorcycles or something, wasn't that Wouldn't that one?
1: We didn't ride it. We went up there. He was riding it. We did a profile of that Kawasaki-Kelly race in oh, 2018, yeah. 2018 yeah. so we were up there. Me and Kale went up there for that, and then I was up there this summer for just a few days My buddy from Australia was in town, and we drove to Fairbanks, went to my, you know, John Anderson. He, we stayed there mm-hmm. for a night, and then yeah, we went yeah. to the Riverboat Discovery. Binkley's kind of hooked us up, and then we... Ended up going to Harding Harding Lake one night and then, which is the Harding Lake Mafia we can talk about. they're trying, <laughs> to, they're trying to stop these trucks to use a fucking road. The yeah. Richardson for the, a gold for go for a gold mine.
0: Yeah, it's the Moncho Trekking Project. Yeah, we can definitely cover that. That's topic the hard, and I, I know a
1: lot of people who live out there. I'm friends, but it's like it's they're calling them the Harding Lake Mafia, right? Because they're trying to use, literally stop trucks from using state roads.
0: Uh, insane yeah. yeah I mean that's uh that is an interesting obligation it's a little more complicated than that I have no no problem getting into that issue but it is a, it is an issue you know um, for those folks who don't know in the interior um, well Ken Ross uh, the operator f- the Fort Knox gold mine is um, is you know in Fairbanks it's our largest property taxpayer it's our largest uh, utility user um, and they with a JV company and a uh, partnership with the native village of Tetlin have started operating. Maybe like
1: a joint venture? Yeah,
0: yeah. it's uh, contango is what it's called. And together contango with um, black gold trucking or, um, yeah, I think it's Black. Yeah, Black, I, know, I know those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Black Gold's actually a couple miles down from my house, off the Richardson. They, they, they
1: always are. They're always a good time at the resource events, like mm. the show. They have a, a booth, and they're yeah. fun guys.
0: Yeah. So no, yeah. There's the Show Mine, um, which uh, it, effectively what the oh that's the word that everyone, effectively there effectively. it is effectively I was I that's was, the word I got I was and made talking fun about
1: of. in skits they made funny you because you're in the finance committee and you and I I couldn't think of it yeah and it was. Effectively, Yes, I yeah. use the
0: word effectively on occasion. You I do will...
1: that. I do that sometimes too. I'll use a filler word because when I was growing up, my dad, if I ever said like or uh, you know, he would say, What do you know? You, what what do you know? <laughs> like what? And so it made me like subconscious to not say though. Cause, and they're also very annoying when people talk like that. Yeah,
0: I know. I agree. Um, yeah, so the Moncho mine, basically, what is going on is um, they're going to load the ore and put it on uh, trucks and they're going to run the trucks uh, up from Toke all the way to the mill at Fort Knox. And, of course, um, you know, those— Great. Tr-
1: that's a good—that's a that's money for a lot of jobs and taxes and all kinds of things.
0: Yeah, no, I, I tend to think—you know, I'm a pro-resource, pro-development person. Uh, I tend to think that that's, um, that's great. Uh, you know, the alternatives to using—utilizing the state roads uh, to haul the ore would be things like railways, you know. Uh, the problem with that is— um, you know, the state doesn't have the capitalization for that. I mean, maybe there's, there's, there's federal no, yeah, there's money. No, there's no rail there. There's no rail. No, the railings just shy of Delta. Yeah. Right? Um, so the concept would be okay. Well, well, I mean,
1: that goes back to my my whole premise in the state. was We don't fucking build anything anymore. We don't do nothing. Yeah. I mean, nothing. And and it's been a long time since we've built something big. Pipeline 70s, Parks Highway 70s, I guess Red Dog 80s, um, you know, what have we done as far as like big roads or big projects or big anything? Like, how about the yeah. ga- How about we build the in state gas line? How about we borrow, you know, leverage up the permanent fund, get some money, work, work, you know, borrow federal, match, whatever, and then we get that gas line bill. What would that do for the interior? And for well, a, it'd
0: and, and, be a that, game changer. So I, I kind of, the way I always try to articulate to people is I don't know how, many of you, I don't know how long you live in Alaska. My wife's lifelong Alaskan. I came to the state in 2006 when I was in the Army.
1: I came in 04, so right before you.
0: Yeah, which is a, lot, a long time now, you know, Alaska's a very migratory state, so, you know, you even have people. Very transient, in, yeah. Yeah, you even have people in elected office down in Juneau have only been here a couple of years, you know, or five oh, years yeah. or something like that, you know, we've, and we've, uh,
1: we've seen that. Yeah, for sure. We've seen um, that.
0: So I tell folks it, what I always say to, you know, my constituents in Fairbanks and folks, when I have a chance to get in front of people is, Hey, Alaska, where are we going?
1: We, we, we are stuck on neutral and we are in some kind of phase, like some kind of malaise yeah, that, that we've all just unfortunately gotten used to. I I, mean, I hate it, yeah. but there's has there's just, there's just not a lot of vision or progress or movement or, um, Ideas. It's just the same fights over the same dumb shit. Well, and you know, the way I articulate it is a lot of the problems
0: that people talk about and they complain about. So, like, a, let's take something like education funding, right? So, you know, there's a big debate on the BSA funding, how much it should be, whatnot. Okay, so what is the number one driver right now, this last year? What is the number one driver in costs to school districts across the state? Number one driver?
1: Probably administration.
0: It's actually energy, you know. Now administration is one too. Yeah. So think about it, right? So if you're a big school district That's a good point, yeah. yeah. So
1: so yeah, power, gas. Yeah, if you're you're a big school
0: district and a year ago you know, you were paying in Fairbanks, you were paying 250 a gallon for gas, you know, and today you're paying $5, right? Your utilities have effectively doubled, right? So the cost is a huge cost driver, right? And of course, uh, you know, the other types of stuff uh, that a lot of people don't think of commercial risk insurance, that type of stuff. And of course, there is admin and inflation, you know, because you got to pay people, right? So all, all these costs go up. In Alaska, you know, like uh, you mentioned earlier, Jeff, you know, we're not only stuck in neutral, but we're slowly rolling downhill right? So it's not. No, like not it's going definitely,
1: there. it's, it's going backwards. It's, it's cause, it's cause if you're not going forwards and you're, if you're not doing anything, then you're going backwards because if I, I go to lower 48, I have, my parents are living in New Mexico still. But if I go to Phoenix or Seattle, and even these places, these cities like Seattle, which has a bunch of homeless problems and a bunch of other issues, there's cranes everywhere. You go to Phoenix, yeah. you're doing Taiwan semiconductor, a hundred billion, Toyota, Intel, North. I mean, there's buildings going up. There's infrastructure being built. There's housing being built. Like, you know, I don't know about Fairbanks. I know Anchorage is a major housing. I'm sure Fairbanks is probably similar with the housing problem.
0: Yeah, we have issues in housing. The big difference between us and you folks down here is we have a ton of area to build. Okay. Yeah, you
1: guys, you guys are yeah. unlimited, basically.
0: Yeah, and which it kind of gets to the root of the problem that I'm trying to weave in here to the conversation in a nutshell is – you know, a lot of folks who've ran for office, this is kind of the big joke that I, I, if you've lived in Alaska long enough, you've heard of politicians going to run for office and they say, hey, I'm going to diversify the state's economy right? That's what everyone says. That's, We're going to diversify the state's economy.
1: That's very true. Yeah. People, a lot of people say that.
0: So what I tell they, they, folks- They don't normally tell you how. Well, exactly. But the truth is, look, the, the number, if you, if you look at all the studies regarding Alaska, mm-hmm. as far as business costs, highest capital costs in the country, highest energy costs, and all that all that rolls downhill. So I tell folks, look, in the interior, and even the rest of the state, but especially in the interior, we are never going to be able to diversify the state's economy so long as we we're paying 26 cents a kilowatt for power and burning diesel okay
1: well i mean what i what i was saying earlier on the gas if we built an interstate gas not, not not a big big line for the expo- or export maybe that could happen too but but un- less likely a bullet line from the slope down to you know south central you're going to have i mean 90 80% of the state population within the interior yeah. and south central and fairb in the valley and anchorage and the Kenai, I mean, think about that—unlimited, you know, basically unlimited supply mm-hmm. of, of energy. That would—I mean, I don't know, hundreds of years, probably. Yeah. Right I now think- in Anchorage, you're aware of this more than probably most. Of- we're maybe going to be importing LNG because of this Cook Inlet problem.
0: Yeah, and that's a big issue. And uh, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not in tune with the folks down here in Anchorage enough to know if it, they have really kind of understood the implications of that. But so for those of you who aren't aware, Cook Inlet gas, which you folks down here right now is heavily subsidized and it's got price controls applied. Well, to not, it. not
1: besides that, we did uh, ten years ago. There was that whole credit deal. They mm-hmm. put billions in, ta- in credits, which I guess bought some time.
0: Yeah, but, no. It, but-
1: what if that would have went to the gas line?
0: Yeah, so what you are looking at is you're looking at a very uh, artificially deflated price in which you folks down here pay for energy and for uh, for heat, right? So a lot of the utilities... Um,
1: well, you, know, you guys end up paying, and people in Southeast and people in rural Alaska, they're, they're not getting that benefit.
0: Yeah, well, rural Alaska, uh, if they qualify, communities qualify, some Southeast communities qualify too for power cost equalization. P- now, I would agree with you. It's much better to have cheap energy than it is to have power cost equalization. Well,
1: my point was was all the people in South Central benefiting from Cook Inlet. You guys don't benefit from that in no, don't. People in Southeast don't benefit from that. People in rural, I mean, they have the PCE, but yeah. if we had the in stake line, What is that? I mean, within Fairbanks and Anchorage and the Valley and that's a big, big ball. Oh, it would be. uh, Well,
0: it would be a catastrophic uh, game changer for uh, the cost of doing business. You know, so I I tell folks uh, you there's a couple of different websites. One of them, I kind of forget the name, but you can look at the aggregate cost of uh, power and heat or the aggregate cost of, um, you know, electricity usage for a commercial building or industrial building. And um, you can kind of go city by city in Fairbanks, and you know these numbers are astronomical. You know, tens of thousands of dollars per month for industrial electricity usage and stuff like that.
1: That's really interesting on the um, schools and the cost. I I, I was surprised hear. I would have figured teachers and admin, but. Really, energy. Really,
0: yeah. Well, so I don't want to kind of. I want to make sure I contextualize this properly. So certainly, teachers and admin, of course, when they negotiate contracts and stuff like that through their collective bargaining units. But I, I'm talking about in the last two years, you know, what has been the number one cost driver that these districts have had to face? Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. mean,
1: between energy and with infl- inflation, is a big. Yeah. And you know, I'm one to you know, I went to public school. I believe in public school, but I mean, I also believe in results. And it's like mm-hmm. if you question our 70 percent graduation rate if you question these lower scores in reading and, and math and it's like i've seen this in judo i've been down there you're, you're a bad person or you, you've seen that you can't question the yeah. outcomes it's just here's give the money and you cannot make any questions about the outcomes or the results for the money and yeah i don't know where that comes from but it's i mean i call that kind of especially when people stand up and talk about the rule schools and well, we can't, we can't talk about that. I call that the soft, Bill Mark calls that the soft bigotry of low expectations, you know, yeah, where, where you just can't even talk about it because you don't want to, you're afraid to hear the answer or afraid to have the conversation.
0: Yeah, no, it's incredibly challenging. Um, so obviously, you know, our, our you know, results are very poor within the road system schools and, you know, in I think their,
1: Anchorage is like 70% graduation rate. Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, at some point you got to ask yourself kind of what is the root problem? Um, so there's a lot of different ideas. Uh, I will say that, uh, two things can be true at the same time. You know, uh, you certainly are not going to expect a better result with less money, I would imagine, you know, of course, but, um, yeah, so it's a challenging thing, but no, I agree with you. I mean, that we have to have, get serious about, um, actually, uh, achievement in education, um, for the future of the kids of the state. So I, I kind of like, um, it's, you know, for me, I always reflect back on, uh, you know, my own childhood. I went to public school. You know, my parents weren't around. You know, my mom died when I was seven. My dad wasn't around. So I was basically raised by my grandparents by the time I was nine until I turned. Well, your, and... mom,
1: your mom died when you were seven? Yeah, yeah.
0: My mom died when I was seven. Thing or... uh, no, it was suicide, you know. So oh, wow, geez, tough deal, you know. But, know uh... wow. oh, it, well, look, it's, you know, I've had a lot of years to kind of process that. Um, but I tell folks, yeah, I had a, had a difficult childhood, you know. So, and I was really blessed that I had some really, really solid public school teachers and even public counselor, you know. Where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up in Washington State, in uh, city of Kirkland, in kind of the suburbs. Oh, by Kirkland. Seattle, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just across Puget Sound. And when did your dad pass? Away? Uh, my dad. Well, my dad died in uh, two thousand and nine. Okay, oh, so he, he was—he he was. Yeah, but there. he wasn't really around. My mom died in '95, so and I was born in '87, so there you go. But uh, yeah, so wow. I had you know I had great um, you know public school teachers and a counselor. You know, uh, shout out to Sue Hall, my my counselor in elementary school.
1: Um, I remember my high school uh, counselor, Susan Cochran. She mm. same kind of deal. Like always would talk to me and give me advice, and I feel like you know put me on a good. Path. Well,
0: this lady, you know, she followed me not only throughout elementary school, but I think when I graduated high school, she wrote me a nice card. You oh, know what wow. I mean? So yeah, it was means like, a lot, yeah. Yeah, so reflecting back on that now, I'm like, man, I was really lucky, really blessed to have really engaged, um, you know, folks in the public school system, you know. Um but, yeah, to the point of energy and costs, these things are exponentially multiplied when you're looking at, um, you know, a district like Anchorage School District or Fairbanks School District, right? So imagine what a if, – if, and you throw an inflation on top of that because it's not like you're burning less amount of the BTUs, right?
1: Well, what's interesting about Anchorage is – is and I heard this and I almost couldn't believe it, but it's true. We have less kids now in our school system than we did in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a lot more buildings.
0: Yeah, well, and you're that's talking about a energy funny thing th- th- about th- th- that. That
1: means you have to pay for the energy for these buildings, you know?
0: Yeah, so funny thing that you mentioned that. Uh, I have a lot of pet peeves with, uh, it's called the foundation formula. It's how the state uses its economic uh, funding of education, right? So there was a big fight late 90s that, you know, we won't get into it, but they determined all these different costs, uh, factors um, about how you fund schools. And there is a thing in the school funding mechanism called the foundation formula, called the school size multiplier.
1: There's several. I did a write up on this. I had somebody help me during the session um, for the political report. Mm-hmm. And you know, I didn't know much about it until I had somebody help me. There's several multipliers and accelerators. Correct. That some of them are like seven times. Yes. Depending on on um, location and then kind of like number of kids that have like you know special needs and like. It's all these things where, where, and it's so, when you look at the formula, that's why nobody wants to touch it because it's so friggin complicated.
0: Yeah, I think it is complicated, I, I, it, but it's really not that complicated. It's hard to get your head around, but so let me kind of drive this little point home because you talked about the amount of buildings in the Anchorage School District, right? So you had two things going on at the same time. You had one, the school size multiplier uh, in the foundation formula itself. And then the state used to do this other thing that we currently don't do. It's called school bond debt reimbursement. We used to, we used to reimburse those bonds up to 90% and yep. down to 70%. Okay. So what does that mean in totality? That means if you built, if you're an urban school district and you built a big building and put as few of kids as them as possible, you would get more money per student for doing that.
1: And you get a lot of that reimbursed with the the bond debt reimbursed. Yeah,
0: correct. And keep in mind, the bond of the building at the time, you know, could have been 90% state-funded or 70% state-funded. So these are your uh, financial incentives. And what I always say is what is incentivized will, you know, ultimately produce to be true.
1: Well, and... and- basic economics if you subsidize something you get more of it
0: exactly right so when you look at and it would be really interesting if someone would actually sit down and do a study on the square footage of Anchorage School District buildings versus the amount of kids enrolled and compare that to someplace I th- else
1: I think Bob well I don't know about comparing it but I know Bob Griffin I've had him in the podcast and he he's talked a lot about the square footage space and the amount of kids mm-hmm. and that's a good point I wonder what that ends up being compared to c- cities our size around yeah. the country.
0: Yeah, and, you know, the reason I would mention that is because I can guarantee you you're going to find a discrepancy based because of those funding mechanisms, right? I mean, again, what is subsidized, what's 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 incentivized is going to be improved. And, uh, you know, that's not a fault of, I say, like a lot of school boards and stuff who, who you know, went – did those bonds or built those buildings and stuff like that? That's kind of just a product of human nature, in my opinion. Well, they're responding
1: know. to a to a incentive that, that says, "Hey, we'll give you ninety percent back." And I mean, if I was on a school board, I'd say, "Great, let's go, let's go to town."
0: Exactly. You know, so let's build a bunch of schools that probably are, you know, completely different architecture. I, w- I wonder if anybody like ever
1: that. and go back and look in the minutes, but I wonder if there was ever a voice and, and maybe maybe i you know maybe i would say something like well okay what if what if they don't pay or what i mean what what are mm-hmm. what, what if something changes and then we're stuck we're on the hook for the maintenance for these things so yeah people must have thought because now now it's to the point where school bond debt reimbursement has become a topic of are we even going to pay for it
0: yeah exactly right are we even going to continue it again even though we're supposed to right um but yeah no it's a good point i always reflect back on uh, a long 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 time ago over a decade ago i was at a a planning, commission, road commission meeting in Fairbanks, uh, those boring things that most people don't ever go to. And I remember the, one of the folks on the, um, on the commission, they were talking about, uh, oh, this is like a five-year project that we need to redo this road. And uh, they basically were debating, you know, adjacent bike path or an on adjacent bike path on this particular road. And the argument was, well, let's just do this because the state has never not funded a project, you know, if we do it in sections. And then, of course, hmm. that was before our big financial downfall, you know. This was way back in probably 2011, 2012 or something That's, like that's that. when the money was rolling <laughs> Yeah, in. money was rolling. So they were uh, doing these projects, and the argument was, well, you know, the state will always fund ba- it. Back so. in
1: 2010, 11, um, those fiscal years, 12, I think, the capital budget was $2 billion. The yep. state money was $2 billion. I mean, you've been there. This is your second term coming of your second but. What was this year? I mean, it was a few hundred million. Yeah,
0: I mean, we had a healthy capital budget by recent memory standards, right? Uh, But it was nowhere near the one billion or the two billion. Think about that.
1: I mean, everybody, I've heard stories where the revenue forecast came out and there were some updates and they ran down, literally ran down to the bars and said, get back to the capital. (laughs) The budget's getting, although, we, we all get another couple million dollars in our district.
0: Although I will put the caveat on there, because of the IJA money in the federal funds, uh, so we do—we did have about a billion dollar total capital budget. The, the big difference between um, this last year and those previous years is it was very little state money that leveraged yeah. all this federal money. Back you, then, it was straight up state money.
1: Do, do you feel like, and there's been a lot of, and I know it's still only been a year, I guess, but all this money came in, there's telecom money, there's infrastructure money, there's all these things, and... I know it takes time for it to, you know, kind of get put to, put to work, but. I just don't feel like I've seen much from it. There's all this money in the state, huge billions of dollars. And like, where, where, where is it being spent?
0: Yeah, well, it is. So some unfortunate things. So it is. some of it is getting spent and allocated. Uh, you know, like, for example, the COVID capital money, I think it was a, It was actually before I even got in the legislature. There was a $110 million award to the state. So I mm-hmm. think about 60 of that is allocated toward projects that are actually doing things.
1: Well, some so of that right. back in 2020, 2021, they were using, that was, the governor set, set it up to be kind of an offset. Mm-hmm. They were trying to use some of that money to, to basically cover the budget. So yeah, that deficit would be less. That, or,
0: and we went through that in the last budgetary cycle. You had COVID funds that had offset um, to get operating that, try, budget try, expenses. Trying and, to get that dividend. Yeah, and you had uh, you know you had departments unfortunately who you know expanded programs on the back of COVID money you know and other folks in town, which is one time money. And you know one time money goes away. And uh, so you had a lot of folks come to the legislature this last uh, session and ask us to kind of augment the fall off of the COVID funds, you know. And unfortunately, you know, the COVID funds were so massive that there was basically no way that we could ever assume that kind of liability at a state level. Well, that
1: one year, the big year, I think it was 400. It was they used I think it was almost half a billion in offset. So that's mm-hmm. like ten percent of our budget. Yeah, which is no, a huge amount of money.
0: It's uh, yeah, those are uh, difficult things to do on from a budgetary it's, it's, standpoint. It's, it's funny. Yeah.
1: I've always I've observed this over the years, but when you start any kind of, we, we all know this. When you start a program, a government program, it's so hard because because some some interest gets involved, or there's some kind of constituency for it. And I compare this to, and this is like within the legislature, but but before you were down there, the the old House coalition formed the House Ways and Means Committee which the Republicans objected to. Mm -hmm. They said, this is stupid. We don't need this. I mean, you've been to that committee. I'm sure it's kind of a weird committee. The Republicans took over, and then now it's their committee. Yeah. It's like they they were against – Ben was against – Carpenter, the chair, was against forming it. But you can never in the government, I don't care if it's legislature or actual, you know, departments or whatever. Once something gets created, it's so hard to get rid of it.
0: So I have a, a challenge for you. I uh, I told the health department that I had a one goal in life this year, this session. Because um,
1: you're the health uh, subcommittee
0: Yeah, coach, I chose the segment. There is an actual pro- program that I am going to attempt to eliminate.
1: Oh, boy. Good luck. Yeah. I hope you do it.
0: So I will explain to you what it is. So everyone knows we've had a ton of problems within DPA, SNAP, everything like that. Okay. So um, there is a program that the state uh, runs with state money, only state money, no federal money, And it's an entitlement program. It's called General Relief, uh, not to get confused with different aspects of General Relief. This is straight-up General Relief for someone who goes to the DPA office, fills out the application for public assistance, okay? So what is General Relief? Two aspects, burial assistance, totally plan to keep that. And uh, the other is General Relief proper, which basically says if you are super, uh, you know, if you literally have no assets, and I mean less than $400 to your name, um, the state of Alaska will pay like $100 for you, a month for a utility bill or $100 a month for rent for something like that. Okay, so remember everyone who fills out a public assistance application, if you look at the application, front page after you get through the um, kind of disclaimer stuff, so you know, the first actual page of the application, you can have all these boxes of different programs you can check like um, you know uh, SNAP or Medicaid, and the next box is general relief, right? And it kind of says what it is. Okay, so out of the tens of thousands of people who filled out applications for public assistance and checked that general relief box, guess how many rents payments the state made or utility payments the state made last year? Tens of thousands of people filled and that, this out. And
1: so that's I'm assuming it's a small number.
0: You no, know, just guess. It's fun, it's a game, you know.
1: Out of out of th- out of tens of thousands? Yeah.
0: Sixty six. Okay. So
1: how much money gets allocated to this general relief program?
0: Yeah. So the that's the funny thing about uh, coming from my private sector is it a background. Slush fund? I mean, is in the it like they? Put no, it's a- not a lot of money. So the main thing that pays the burial assistance. It's about five hundred thousand dollars in state funds total to to administer it uh, through the distributions period. Right. Most of that goes to the burial assistance program, um, but we're not calculating the amount of man hours in these applications. So keep in mind what what's going on. Well, the, one of these DPA folks, uh, the technicians, they're gonna have to take this information, they're gonna have to plug it into the computer, they're gonna have to verify that you qualify, which means they're gonna have to track down your assets, they're gonna have to call your landlord, etc. Right. So think of the amount of man hours it takes to try to vet someone for this program, only to deny, I don't know, over 99% of the people who like, check the so, box.
1: So, so well, you're saying tens of thousands of people applied for the general relief? Yeah. Or, Okay, I think you were talking about t- total of for all the boxes. So you're saying of this one program, ten th- whatever people. Yeah, well, so, so the way so so 99 so percent of people are getting rejected.
0: Yeah, so for this particular program, so the way it works, Jeff, is remember your application, your front first page is just all the programs, and you check the box for them. Right. Okay. So if you need public assistance, you're going to go down the line. You're going to check Medicaid. It's all in one page. You know, Medicaid. Um, And then you get to general relief, and I don't know, that sounds great. If I was down on my luck, I'd want some general relief, right? So why not check that That out? Sounds good, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, now now that's the theoretical, right? Now you actually have to do with the practical implementation of – vetting that application and because how did you find this
1: out you asked somebody at the program yeah
0: no i dug in there and i went and i had them i had one of the t- dpa technicians because i'm trying to figure out how to stop this uh, kind of snap nightmare and uh, other nightmare backlogs etc i'm like okay well i need to actually see the process from start to finish so i sat down with dpa tech and they did the application on eis which um
1: how do you set that did you go to the commissioner or how do you set that up you walk, yeah i know walk in hey, well I'm, i tried to I'm walk. Will.
0: In, try to walk in you know, will staff. yeah pretty much you know no, I, I I let them know, hey, I want to go there to and I want to see this and they said sure. Yes. I love that. I so love that. I showed up and, we, we need yeah. more of that. Yeah.
1: People getting boots on the ground and seeing this stuff and kind of experiencing and understanding how it works and so you're like not just talking in theory when you're discussing this stuff, all these legislators.
0: Yeah, so and then, you know, you kind of um, you, you do the game where you kind of wait for the important people to leave and then you just kind of ask the actual average person who works there, hey, what's really yeah, going on? Get rid of all the higher-ups yeah, and basically, then get the person you know, who does the work. Yeah, and then you just kind of hang out with the people who actually do the work and you just say, hey, this is what I think, what do you think? You know, are you asking me how you know how difficult it is to do this? They'll tell,
1: they'll tell you, won't they? They'll tell you. Yeah, oh yeah, they'll, they'll absolutely they'll tell, you. tell
0: you. Well, like anyone else, right? Because you come out, I come out from the problem, I'm like, look, man, I I I don't really understand this. I don't do this every day. I have a pretty good idea of, I think, what we could do to help you out. Uh, But I'm asking you because you're going to be the person directly impacted by the decision-making process, right? And, uh, yeah, most of the time these folks are like, yeah, that's a great idea, or, hey, you need to consider this. Um, And it is interesting to see the kind of disconnect um, that – is uh, is there between, you know, you at the state level when you're working at the, with the commissioner and then the actual person mm-hmm. doing the work on the ground, you know. So, so yeah, that's my goal to kind of get rid of this program. And as far as the money, uh, you know, the argument that people are going to make is like, okay, well, you know, 66 people actually got help from the state. I'm, my argument is going to be, okay, I have no problem if you want to block grant that money to nonprofits and they can dole it out themselves, the amount of money that is on the books for this program um, is not that massive from the state government perspective. Half a million dollars is a lot of money in my opinion, you know.
1: Well it's, it's not the half a million. What it is is it's the half a million times a hundred. Correct. When it's all, all these little half a million or two fifties and you know, you know, I'm I'm not one of these people who thinks we're gonna cut the budget ten percent. Yeah. But I do think if you really had people like we're talking about, get into all these and it's hard because yeah. there's not enough people. But if you, if you start to look at this stuff, if you had like an administration with a real mandate from, from the governor down to the commissioners, you know, saying, we're, we're going to find out what we're spending money on effectively. And we're going to find out what we're wasting money on. Mm-hmm. And I, I bet if you really got like serious people to go in there and look at this stuff, you could probably save, you know, four or $500 million and and, and, Without having a major, you know, impact, but by just by just cutting out dumb spending.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. So, you know, being new down at Juno, this is what a lot of the folks kind of told me um, that were around a while. They said, "Oh, you know, we stopped cutting the budget in 2018 or whatever, and there's nothing left to cut." And I'm like, "Okay, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're right. They've been there longer, you know." And then, uh, you know, I, I went through the whole health budget, which is three binders of 2,000 pages. Uh, and I found this little little program, right? Last time it was changed in statute, by the way, it was 1982.
1: This General yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, by the way, in 82, there was a lot more money.
0: Exactly. Well, and also and keep in mind this program, uh, the, uh, at least part of this program, was founded you know, in territorial days prior to Great Society, right? So it was the state's framers kind of developing their own welfare program prior to welfare being a thing. right, mm-hmm. And it just kind of hung out there in state statute forever. And don't get me wrong, there's aspects of it um, that I think are fine. The burial assistance for people who have no loved ones and no money, that kind of makes a lot of sense because what do you do? That sounds like a really good yeah, exactly. So, of,
1: you know, what's the alternative, you know? Yeah,
0: so I have no problem keeping that and maybe just renaming the program uh, burial assistance. But as far as the other stuff, I mean— you think of the qualify, you got to have less than $400 in total assets. So, like if you're on a GCI lifeline plan and you get a phone, guess what? Your assets are more than that, right? I mean,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: so, um, yeah, and it's really the amount of admin time and burn, which is thousands and thousands of man hours to kind of sift through this program.
1: Yeah, 67. That means they're having to turn down nine, 10, 10, whatever, thousand.
0: Yeah, and you're still going through the application process, okay, right? So,
1: going back to cutting the budget, you know, and I think a lot of People in the legislature know those are people that pay attention. I mean, some huge amount of the budget, I think it's like 60%, is, is health care and education. Yeah. And, and and so those are the ones, if you really want to get serious about, you know, figuring, like looking at where to save I mean, those are the places. I mean, I've seen yeah. all these charts where you can like basically just – like eliminate the Department of Revenue and like the Department of Com, you know, yeah, there's, you don't really there, save much yeah, in the, the big picture. You don't really save yeah. much, but but you need those departments. Yeah,
0: those are fractional expenses compared to Health Human Services or what's now Health and Family Community Services, and of course Education. Uh, the Education budget, you know, effectively there's some nuance to it, but effectively it's the foundation formula, and you're throwing the money over. Well, the it's front, also right? the fact
1: that and nobody wants to talk about this. It's very hard to get people to talk about this, but we have fifty three or fifty four school districts, yep. you know, in a state where. I, I I don't understand why consolidating these down and you know you can still have the, the schools and all that but you consolidate down the districts. yeah and it's like I've brought that up and it's it's like you think you think you Pulled out a gun, or so people get so well angry you know, about it, or so sensitive about it.
0: That's you, there's a lot of history there. I know there is. Um, I know there is. I would I would agree with you. I think uh, shout out to Representative Cronk. He actually did consolidate one school district via a, a bill last year. Right? Oh yeah,
1: that was uh, I remember that. I remember watching that go go around.
0: So in another you know thirty seven years or so, we might be down another couple school districts the way it's going. You know, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean making progress. I mean look. <clears throat> I agree with you. Um, we do have way too. We have more school districts than we have house districts.
1: Yeah, we have forty house districts. Yeah.
0: So, and uh, there is just some nuance there, but you know, you get into that kind of bigger, bigger egg, which is unincorporated communities and school funding and stuff like that. Yeah, like
1: unincorporated borough and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's these are big. These are big questions, and I'm not going to sit here and say I have all the answers, but I just don't know why people are afraid to even talk about it
0: yeah no i I agree with you well i think um a lot of the times i think there's too many people in the political realm um that will take a conversation and they will try to do the least charitable interpretation to make the person look bad you know oh sure yeah and i I that's every day in juno well i see this all the time you know i i don't like, uh, do the Twitter thing, but I have a account where I can see it, you know, cause when Elon Musk bought it, I couldn't browse it anymore. So I had to set up my own personal account, you know?
1: Oh, do you have one of those like at Alaska man 38? No, no, no,
0: no. <laughs> Mine, Mine's literally just my name. Right. But, um, Oh, so yeah. you're,
1: you're, at least you're not, a lot of, yeah, no, I, don't, I can't stand the bullshit, fake, I don't, anonymous. Yeah, I don't do the so anonymous many thing,
0: but I, I will read, so I will, you know, sometimes you have these, um, let's call them like uh, liberal bloggers and stuff, uh, or, oh, oh. <laughs> or they'll post, you know, and that's fine. I have no problem if people like want to quote me and they say like I'm terrible because I said something, whatever, you know, it, it is a little irritating when they intentionally, you know, write something that you didn't ever say, and then they're... Friends tweet about it and talk about it. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I didn't actually say any of that, right? I mean, you can go back and watch the clip, you know, um, you know. But so, I guess that's my only pet peeve on there. But it, that is kind of amazing, right? So, a lot of times, people are afraid about getting taken out of context. Well, you know, the way this works nowadays is you can just make things up, and then people will, you know. Reply. No, there's so
1: there's so much, especially people. And I've even, this will be my sixth session in Juneau and. You can watch on Gavel and you can watch the committees, and mm-hmm. you, you'll get a lot from that. But you know, being down there and and seeing what's really happening, and, and you know, get it, get getting a feel for what's really going on, and there's so many people who just aren't down there, and and they yeah. just they see something or they see some clip of somebody for thirty seconds without any real context, like you're talking about, without any real context of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And we there used to be a much bigger press corps in the Capitol. There's, yeah. there's okay now, but back but way before I was down there, there was like. 10, 10, 15, there's a lot of like, you know, ADN had a few people and there was uh, public media and there was Juno Empire and there was Fairbanks News. I mean, they all had people down there. Yeah. Channel 2, full t- now it's like people come down for beginning for a couple days and they come at the end for a couple days. A lot of folks.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the way I always kind of describe it to people is um, kind of irrespective of your politics or your paradigm in which you view the world. I I would say from my experience, probably like 80 percent of the people in elective office are legitimately trying to do good things. Uh, You know, I'm going to disagree with some of them, of course, you know. So for the most part, you know, they're, they're out attempting to do what they believe is, you know, the best course of action. Now they're not. That's not everybody though. Some people are. I think literally in it for number one. So oh, to speak, that's, you know, <laughs>
1: I think eighty might be high. Uh,
0: well, I'm just I, you know maybe it's a little. You, term, you have to say but, eighty. Like, I can you know? say fifty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, look, you know. But like I said, and that that's. Spans all, you know, parties and politics and stuff like that. People are people at the end of the day, so I always try to remember that. And that's one thing I think uh, you know helped me out in my first term here, just uh, being in the people business and remembering that. hate.
1: well, you're you're one of the people um, that you know you see kind of out socially. A lot of people you just never you see them in the Capitol, and that's it. You never see them. And I feel like I've heard a lot of stories way before my time, but there was a lot more social socializing and people weren't as nervous to be seen with somebody from the other party or at dinner or, you know, but I mean, a lot of this business is people. The whole, the whole business actually is people. Yeah. And and a lot of pe- them, you just never see. You see them in the Capitol only.
0: Yeah. I don't, uh, I've never quite understood that uh, people of the other party being afraid to be seen. I mean, I'm literally down here going to Vic Fisher's memorial. Yeah. Service, I was going to say,
1: know? so you're, I didn't realize this, but your wife is there's a connection with your wife. Yeah? yeah.
0: Yeah. So, long story short, my wife is related to Vic and Jane's daughter. Uh, you know, it's a complicated story, but uh, basically through adoption, you know. So, but uh, so I've actually known, uh, I didn't know uh, Vic Fisher that well. I met him a handful of times. I know Jane a little bit better, but I do know Ruth, their daughter. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I, um, and she's
1: an Anchorage, right?
0: Um, Well, they're all in Anchorage now. They live, uh, you know, so actually, ironically, um, you know, her husband and me were both in the Airborne Brigade in the Army uh, relatively the same time down here. So, and I met my wife and he met. Uh, Did you know him? Or? I didn't know him in the Army at the time. Like, I knew him through other people, but we were in different battalions, mm-hmm. you know. So. So, yeah, yeah, we have that connection, right? So that's why I'm down here. You so know. we're
1: recording this on, on Sunday, and after this, you're, I'll post this probably tomorrow, but you're going to be going over to the... Yeah. There's a big memorial over at the Captain, yeah, Cook, over for, Captain for
0: Cook. Yeah, we Captain Cook, yes. I'm headed down there right after that, doing this podcast. But, yeah, so, you know, the whole... People, other party thing, I I don't know. I mean, I don't, like, what are my people going to say? They say, oh, well, Will, Rep. Step, you're a big commie or something because you went to Vic Fisher's memorial service? I mean, come on, you know, that's silly. It, it,
1: it seems like, I mean, there's both sides or we could talk about this forever, but, but it's like, it seems to me that the Democrats are, in some ways, like, both sides do this, but yeah. if, if you're, like, with somebody or, Associating, I mean, they just—they're so rabid about it. Yeah, on, on, you know, Republicans, conservatives do it too, but it just doesn't seem to be as.
0: No, I would agree a big with of a you. problem. No, it's like no, this cancel kind of
1: culture, or this idea that like if you're with this person, then and you're evil. Period, and we have to let you up and put you on Twitter or whatever, and and. But you know, try to make people go after you. Yeah,
0: no, it's the it's the culmination of like the hyper, a polarization of worldviews, which is really unhealthy. People like right? so, if you're like one of those people and you're listening right now, I'm gonna say, hey, you probably shouldn't, you know, um, because this is how bad things happen in countries, you know,
1: hundred uh, yeah. percent. Like
0: you know, I, I tell folks all the time, you know, with all this stuff and like, oh, we got to make sure this person isn't on the ballot, right? Well, guess the, you know, by the way, for if you didn't know, Lincoln was not on the ballot in 11 states. And those states seceded, just to let you know, right? So the last time...
1: It's a lot of history there yeah. with how this... I mean, I just watched uh, on Friday, Bill Maher had Ted Cruz on. Mm-hmm. And I saw it was all these, oh my God, I can't your platform. You know, and He even talked about that. But it's like, this dude's a senator. Yeah. What? what and they had, actually had a really good, I don't know if you saw they had a really good No, I did discussion. not see it, yeah. And it's it's like the, the fact that you even talk to somebody now, to yeah. a lot of people is, is, is a problem, which is insane. Yeah. I mean, somebody, a, a state senator, like, or a U.S. senator who's one of the most, like, prominent ones. Yeah. M- m- one of the most known ones. Yeah. Who, who but, ran for president, you know?
0: No, I would agree. Yeah. So, I, like, my advice is, like, hey, just start talking, and especially in Alaska, folks, you know I mean? Like, I, I live in Fairbanks Interior, and I tell folks, like, if we if we can't figure out how to get along with each other in Fairbanks, I think we do a good job. But if we didn't, right, what... what what hope would the rest of the country have? You know what I mean. Like we're isolated; we live 400 miles away from everybody, right? So if we're gonna, be it's cold the, as shit. Yeah, exactly. You know, so if we're gonna be hating on our neighbor because of your politics, like what chance does everybody have in in Metro, you know, US?
1: I've heard these. You know, this whole Trump divorce. People are during Trump. You know, they were get, literally getting divorced yeah, because somebody, the husband, like usually it was a husband, and, and the you know, just how insane is that?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I always try to tell folks keep positive outlook. Um, you know, tomorrow the sun will rise. Um, and but you know, politics is important. Like I tell folks, you know, it, it's not a it's not a game of cards. It is your life and mine, yeah. and the decisions that you make have consequences. Well, especially there.
1: the local school board, assembly, city council, legislature. I mean, these are these are the people you know, you mm-hmm. can talk to. You can have an impact on their election, and they have. Ability to change your life, you know, for the better or for the worse.
0: Yeah, no, I agree.
1: I know you got to go to the the uh, memorial for Vic Fisher, but uh, last thing, I mean, Sessions a few months away. It's couldn't. Gonna- Election year. I mean, I think it's going to be a lot, lot, lot going on.
0: We'll see. You know, it's my first election year session, so we'll see you if just, everybody just is really did, nice all of a sudden. You just or watch something. the end; it gets fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, because all the because
1: all the bills die. Yeah. So. No,
0: I I can imagine that being a thing. It'll be interesting to watch out for. You know, and I'm gonna do, like I said, I got my goal here. I'm gonna try to actually eliminate a little program. We'll we, see we if gotta can, do some.
1: We gotta hold you accountable on the on the general relief. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah. You gotta take bets. I'd probably uh like I'll probably have an eighty percent fail rate or well, something. From to, an online poll, you know.
1: I'll have to tune into the uh, the health subcommittee, yeah, uh, finance subcommittee. That's the that's actually interesting. Those subcommittees, a lot of in, deep, in depth stuff gets discussed, but nobody hardly watches them. Yeah, that's never anybody really in the audience, sad. maybe one person.
0: Yeah, I uh, I, I will tell you, I the way I saw Senator Stedman run his his committee, you know, I'm like, I'm just gonna do that. It's gonna be drop pull up, pull up bureau time, no drop. discussion, no debate, ended, drop the yeah. hammer. Yeah. I love Bird Man. I
1: mean, Bird is o- OG. Yeah. No he, he, think... he, he runs we could talk about this in another podcast yeah, about yeah. the whole how the <laughs> process went that, that was OG stuff. Yeah. I'm not sure it's gonna happen again that, that time, this that way, this next time. But our yeah. uh, representative staff, good good seeing you. Have, yeah, you, have you, you on an anchorage? And uh, next time we'll do one in Fairbanks. All right, thanks, Jeff. And always like pl- pleasure talking to you. I like I like the younger folks getting in Juno, you know, I like that. So we're similar age, so um, we're going to have a good time there next session.
0: All right, man. Look okay. forward to seeing it down Rep- there.
1: Representative Will Stapp from Fairbanks. Folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.